Hello, I'm John Andrews, editor-in-chief of HonestBeersReviews.com. And I'm Steve. And I'm Tyler, also known as the forthcoming of Billy Mays. And this is Wikipedia. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. I like that one. <laughs> so, for those of you who are not familiar with what we do, we like to get together, have a few drinks, and, you know, learn about some random stuff on the internet through random pages on Wikipedia. So... How it works is we start off by all clicking on the random page button on Wikipedia, and then we kind of discuss what's on those pages. And then from that page, we jump to another page from the previous one. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, a chain of various articles. It's a chain reaction of useless knowledge. Yeah, exactly. I can't wait to talk about some more bugs. Oh my god, you're going to get bugs again, I swear to god. <laughs> So many bugs. All right. So before we start, uh, what's everyone drinking tonight? Uh, so I have gone back to the Quiet Man. I haven't really had it in a while, and it's still just as good as I remember. It's a nice, uh, simple, I believe it's single malt Irish whiskey. Oh, no, sorry. It is a blended, but still good as hell. Good as hell. Uh, I, and I want to preface this. Remember, I, I review things. So I did not choose this. <laughs> okay. This is not something I would, you know, want. <laughs> and nor would I, nor would I highly recommend it. The review will be up soonish. Uh, I am drinking Redneck Riviera Whiskey. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, what a name. Which is, which is partnered, by the way, uh, the person who sort of owns it, the celebrity behind it is John Rich of, uh, Big and Rich. Okay. Oh, so it, yeah. it's worth immediately putting into the trash, basically? Um, here's the thing. It says Redneck Riviera, and I just want to pull out a quote from the back. With bright notes of vanilla. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, bright notes of vanilla do not belong in whiskey. Like, hints? Dude, sure. They don't belong in the word redneck. <laughs> also true. Good point, bright, good point. Bright notes of moonshine and familial disappointment. Oh, God. It's got a little bit of honey. It's not gutter trash, but... Does it taste like it'd be a good, like, mixing whiskey? Nah, really. Not even that? Uh, it's kind of just middling and terrible. Anyway. Anyway, um, I got... <laughs> I got um, uh, Henry McKenna. Uh, it's a bourbon. My dad would always talk about how much he loved this. It always wants to, like... Always, whenever you can find one, he'll he'll pick it up. It's a hundred proof, so it's a doozy. Um, and uh, I don't know. It's uh, I think it's pretty all right. It's kind of uh, you know the middle of the road, in my opinion. Okay. Mm. So we have a, a whiskey I really like, a middle of the road whiskey for Tyler, and a at least I didn't pay for this from John. <laughs> no, I did. Oh, that's even worse. No, I don't. I don't always get it sent to me. Oh, Sometimes sucks. it's just like I go into a store and I'll be like, that doesn't look familiar. Don't even read it. Just pick the bottle up. Sometimes they get burned and it's just like, hey, this is a pecan whiskey. And I'm like, well, <laughs> now I'm screwed. But uh, Are you excited or dreading or a combination of both the PBR whiskey whenever it makes its way out here? Because it is starting to appear in places on the West Coast. Um. Our our standard of reviewing is sure. <laughs> Sorry, I just really like our standard is of reviewing is sure. Why not? <laughs> as long as as long as it's not like highly flavored. 
Like, we're not going to review every lemon vodka that's out there. That's ridiculous, but... I mean, I'll do that for you. Fuck. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and hit that random page button and, or random article, whatever, and see what we end up with. Hmm. Um... All right, okay. this this might be a usable article, although it might be a little too in the weeds. Uh, I got the 1976 NCAA Division One football season. Oh boy, football! Okay. Um, okay. I got uh, Edu, which is a, a footballer born in 1979. His name is Louis Eduardo Schmidt. I assume by footballer you mean soccer player. Yes. Uh, he is a Brazilian retired footballer. Okay. Now, mine is a list, but is it is the list of French forts in North America. <laughs> wow. Is this list more than, like, three entries? Oh, I guess it probably would have been. That's right. It, it French... actually quite is. Canada, Canada has a lot, guys. Hmm. And actually, so does the U. Wow, wait, the U.S. has more. I, U.S. is a lot. I guess it more. makes sense, like you know, the the South, and like the the Louisiana Purchase area, like we learned about in last episode, was previously yeah. owned by the French. So that does make sense, like when you take a moment to think about it. All right, so do we want retired Brazilian soccer player, French forts, even though it's a list, or thirty three, forty three year old football? Oh man. <laughs> These are these are all kind of bad. Like, do you realize if the players that played in this NCAA Division One football season had kids that year, their kids would be old enough to have already retired from the NFL. All right, <laughs> that's how all long right. ago this was, and probably how little of a shit we'll give about it. Yeah, and I keep reading up on. Like, I've been kind of skimming Edo's page, and it's just like. I don't know. It's just boring, man. Great. So, not Edo. Got it. I think we're just going to go with forts. All right, we're going with forts then. We're going with a list. Oh, man. We should, we should come a up lot with of, a little... There's a lot on. of jumping off points. There's a lot of jumping off it. points. That is a good thing, I guess. Oh, look at that. The the, the Citadel of Quebec. That's actually a nice-looking fort. Hey, man, that's a nice-looking fort, my yeah. dude. That is a nice fort. That's a nice fort you got there. It'd be a shame if something were to happen to Maybe it. Jimmy Beans is like, you're not giving me my lunch money. I'm going to come in and wreck your fort. Might just let a couple thousand termites loose in your fort. What the goddamn hell just happened? Oh, <laughs> threats. <laughs> what, you never had a bully that, like, threatened to take your fort out of the tree with an axe? <laughs> I have oh. never had fort threats occur to me, no. Okay. You know, you never had uh, a bully, you know, who's definitely from, uh, like, the Brooklyn area and uh, just ready to just, like, tear down a fort, you know. Yeah, just ready to fucking I mean, tear this shit up. No, like, they, they throw tennis balls at it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so if, um, I sorted the list. I decided to sort the list by date constructed. I think that that will probably give us the most interesting, like, story to tell through this. And the first thing I have to say is, why the fuck were there two Fort St. Louis's in existence at the same era? <laughs> I, mean, I mean... One was in Quebec and the other was in Nova Scotia. That's not a good excuse. different places entirely. Nova Scotia. Listen, I'm sure there's a Fort St. Louis in 
you know, France or whatever. We didn't, we stole all the names. We did steal all the names. Hey, I hate to break it to you, but there's also a Fort St. Louis in uh, Texas. There's also one in Ontario. There's a Fort St. Anne and a Fort Anne. Imagine being Fort Anne and you're not as good as the Saint one. Yeah, just, you're just, Fort Anne only existed for a year. What the fuck happened there? This... Oh, wait, no, there's another Fort St. Anne. There is. Well, there's, there's Fort St. Anne and then what was the other one? Like Fort St. Anne Hudson Bay. Which has two different years. Nights, it says 1670, also 1686. So they like build it and then it burned down and they went, you know what we should do? We should build the Fort St. Anne again. Ah, fuck, it burned down again. <laughs> Hold on, this is just Canada though. Is this still just Canada? Uh, there's another list for the US. Ah, okay, that I makes more s- sense. How far west does this go? Uh, Ontario, Manitoba. I'm looking through. There's the... a couple of Saskatchewan ones in the mid 1700s. I'm, I'm skimming through the U.S. ones, and so far the furthest west Texas. I've seen is Missouri. Oh, There's and a Texas. French fort in Texas. Yeah, I mean right. that makes sense. Like, like I said before, yeah. like based on uh, what areas of the United States the yeah the French were colonizing before they decided ah fuck it we don't care you can take it if you just fucking take Baton Rouge fuck me. You trying to? You really trying to uh, get that? Uh, that was the Quebec French accent. Quebecois. <laughs> Sorry, I've, Quebecois. I, I've been watching. Um, oh, fuck, what was his name? This guy, Rich Taylor, who does a bilingual stand-up routine in French and English, and that's just been stuck in my head for a while. Oh God, come on! It's actually pretty good. He's he's a pretty funny guy. You ever just like look at a word and like actually say it out loud and go? What? The, who fucking thought of this? <laughs> who fucking I don't, just came like, up with this shit? Just like the dumbest words, like like envelope. I keep like saying that in my head. I'm like, what? yes, what? I, I do actually think of that. Um, mostly because I see this for uh, communistiquia. What from Thunder Bay? <laughs> oh, okay, that's that's back in the Canada list. Sorry. Yeah, 1717. It is. It's a word. I see it. I mean, I look at it. Yeah, like I look at it, and like I feel like I know, like entomologically, why it would work. Like, but also you hate conquistador. Like I, I, it's not as ridiculous as conquistador, but it also looks stupider. That's true. I don't even know if that's what it means. I mean, how about in uh, 1749, Fort Bois-Chibet? Um. So I know that we're Wikipedia. Oh, okay, okay. And I think we only have one option of where to go from this page, and it's Fort Bourbon. Where oh, is okay. Fort Bourbon? Oh, Fort uh, Bourbon in Grand Rapids, Manitoba. Manitoba. Let, let me take a look, make sure that it's a usable article real quick. No, it's just a stub. Ah, uh, that is unfortunate. It basically says its location and when it got moved when that fort was no longer viable. So, unfortunately, I, not really a usable one. I tried, folks. <laughs> Uh, Hashtag you tried. I like Fort Ruiz, Fort Toronto. <laughs> oh, okay. It's like, it's like even the French were like, oh, fuck it, we're not saying that. I mean, we could go with the military of New France. The military of New the France? Because I didn't know we had a New France. Yeah, I mean, that was the intention of the French colonizing areas in North America was to have a New France. Yeah, but that's what they called it? 
I guess. I guess that's where we're going to head off to next, then. Uh, let's see if there's anything else. I don't really think there is. Just everything else is basically lists. There, There is the fur trade post. If you want to learn about the fur trade. I kind of do, actually. Like, I am interested in the concept of fur trading. Do you like beaver hats? No, not really. Well... Thank God I don't live in times where fur hats were required. Was it like a legal requirement? Did you have to wear a fur hat? I don't know. We can go find out. All right. So, Tyler, you're the tiebreaker. Military of New France or fur trading post? Fur trading post. Hell yeah. You're getting All furry right. in here. Wait, that's wrong? Okay. <laughs> you know... I thought this would be longer. I did oh, too. Yeah, oh, it's just a general trading post. Which, which, considering the furry comment, now actually is yeah. worse. <laughs> well, there, well, there is, see, also fur trade. Oh, okay, okay, so we'll read the trading post thing, but we're probably going to go to fur trade from here. Uh, just the concept of what a trading post is. So, like, isolated ass factories or stations for people to show up with whatever the fuck they killed and make it into something saleable. You you kill a thing, you bring it here, you sell it to them, they buy it, you get money, you buy your own thing, you go off and kill more things. Very easy. Local inhabitants can enter a trading post where they could exchange local products for goods they wish to acquire. Yep, that's that's what that's... the word trade means. <laughs> that needs a citation? Good <laughs> It is cited. Oh. It's cited by it's... Webster's Unabridged Dictionary, 1989. <laughs> Why or, that edition? And the, po the thing it's referencing is trading post. Do we need a 2019 update of what a trading post is? <laughs> I think so. I think somebody should submit a request here for this page to be updated. I, actually, with, like, online games, kind of, maybe. Like, that's a 30-year-old reference. We'll get them on it. We'll, we'll send an email. <laughs> we'll send a carrier pigeon. We'll, we'll fax Wikipedia. All right, yeah, I think fur trade is going to be the next thing we go to from here. Okay, this is a little more substantial. Yeah, this, this has got some meat on it. The fur trade is the worldwide industry dealing in the acquisition and sale of animal fur. What a shock. Wow. Today, the importance of the fur trade has diminished. It is based on pelts produced at fur farms and regulated fur bearer trapping, but has become controversial. Animal rights organizations oppose the fur trade, citing that animals are brutally killed and sometimes skinned alive. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, but minks are also assholes. So are Russian silver foxes. Yeah, skin those fuckers. Oh my god, the the advertisement. There's an advertisement on the right side. Scroll down a little bit, it's on the right side. Tyler, what does it say? Uh, okay. <laughs> it says... America's finest muff house. <laughs> the widest selection of muff and bag beds. Holy fuck. All styles of fashion. Thanks, C. Ralph Moses. <laughs> Before the European colonization of the Americas, Russia was a major supplier of fur pelts to Western Europe and parts of Asia. This trade developed in the early Middle Ages, 500 to 1000 A.D., at exchanges around the Baltic and Black Seas, the main trading destination was the German city of Leipzig. Kiev in Russia, the first Russian state, was the first supplier of the Russian fur trade. So this is basically like Cold War Zero. 
I'm glad that the fur trade is the reason the Russians even went into Siberia. Prior to that point, they were just like, it's, yeah. it's too cold. Fuck it. No, fuck and, that. And that's sort of how the entirety of Russia really began. Because like for a lot of periods, Siberia was just completely not used at all. Yeah, well, because it's cold as fuck. It's isolated as fuck. There's nothing there other than animals. Interesting. Uh, the European discovery of North America with its vast forests and wildlife, particularly the beaver. They get their muff from the beaver. <laughs> to be fair, the uh, southern colonies also got in on the fur trade. However, they, instead of beavers, they got uh, a lot of deer skin. Fur was relied on to make warm clothing. I really want to just add citation needed there. <laughs> A critical consideration prior to the organization of coal distribution for heating. The citation, Gronk, circa B.C. 10,003. 10,003. That's about the time. So, um, in 1552, Ivan IV, the Tsar of all Russias, took a significant step towards securing Russian... Uh, hegemony. Uh, f- fuck you. Hegemony. In Siberia, when he sent a large army to attack the Kazan Tartars, and ended up obtaining the territory from the Volga to the Ural Mountains. At this point, the phrase ruler of Abdar, Kanda, and all Siberian lands became part of the title of the Tsar in Moscow. How long was the Tsar's title? Like, if that's just a part that's of just, it. That's just part of it. That's like, oh, fuck, what is, what is that challenge like to say the entire true name of hong kong or whatever do you know what i'm talking about oh yes 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 um i i don't know what it is obviously because that's crazy but i get what you're saying yeah uh russia also traded furs with ottoman turkey and other countries in the middle east in exchange for you know silk textiles spices dried fruit sure but the high prices that sable black fox and martin furs could generate in these markets spurred and i'm quoting here Fur fever, <laughs> in which many Russians then moved to Siberia as trappers to capitalize on this. Great. This is awful. <laughs> Furs oh, will become Russia's largest source of wealth during the 16th and 17th centuries. Keeping up with the advances of Western Europe required significant capital, and Russia did not have sources of gold and silver, but it did have fur which became known as soft gold and provided Russia with hard currency. I'll show you some soft gold. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Listen, I ain't saying I'm a gold digger. But I killed a beaver. <laughs> <laughs> the primary way for the Muscovite state to obtain furs was by exacting a fur tribute from the Siberian natives called a Yasek. Yasek was a fixed number of pelts for which every male tribe member who was at least 15 years old had to supply to Russian officials. So even as far back as the 1500s, Russia was fucked up and corrupt. They're like, we can't go to your territory. Also, you must go kill animals for us. Give me their pelts. Give me their skin. I've never made an edit to Wikipedia, but I think I have to because the word penetrate should not be on this page. (laughs) (laughs) Is it, a, uh, specific... is it a blue? Is it a blue link? Oh, that's even better. Uh, no, no, okay, thank God. Okay, good. Uh, but no, there, this is um, in regards to the uh, early organization of the, of the North American fur trade. But the uh, they had two ships, the Radisson and the, and the Nonsuch, which 
apparently did penetrate the bay. Not a good enough usage of the. You don't need to use penetrate. There. I gotta yeah, penetrate. I gotta penetrate the bay for that soft gold, baby. Like I said, never made an edit in my life. Think I might need to. The delighted investors sought a royal charter. Is the sentence after did penetrate the bay? God damn it! Yeah, like I said, there, there. So someone wrote this chuckling, and they, they're they're a history buff. And by buff, I mean they were doing it with a Woody. Oh, God damn it! Further down, after the United States became independent, it regulated trading with Native Americans by the Indian Intercourse Act. God damn it! Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, fuck. Is that a blue link? Yeah, it sure is. Oh, no. It is. <laughs> so, we, oh, boy. so we penetrated the bay and then fucked the Indians. Great. Perfect. Early exploration parties were often trading, or fur trading expeditions, many of which marked the first recorded instances of Europeans reaching particular regions of New uh, North America. For example, Abraham Wood sent fur No! <laughs> no, come on! Wait, Fraser? <laughs> no, okay, sorry. Wrong Fraser. not an eye. The Simon Fraser oh. Crane, yes, he discovered that bird. What the fuck is the New River? You know, the new one. It's the, not the old one, but like the new one. You know. Oh, apparently it's uh, North Carolina, Virginia, and West Virginia. Great. Good name, guys. Great job. New River. Fuck you. <laughs> oh. Apparently the Pacific Northwest also eventually did get in on this. Would have been a lot later. Uh, 1790 to 1840. Okay, that's not actually as much later as I expected, but... Yeah, I mean, basically, once we got there. Yeah. Yeah, so... They're like, hell yeah, we got plenty of things to kill out here. So there is a graph further down, basically, kind of showing, like, how that happened. It's like, there's a migration of... A subspecies of sea otters that showed up in kind of the north... Like, specific northwest... You know, the specific Northwest. Specific Northwest, motherfucker. Man, there's a sentence in here. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say it. Oh, say it, and then we'll send you to prison. The use of Chinook jargon arose <laughs> during the maritime fur trading era and remains a distinctive aspect of Pacific Northwest culture. Like I said, I don't... It sounds wrong. It's probably not appropriate, yeah. Native Hawaiian society was similarly affected by the sudden influx of Western wealth and technology, as well as epidemic diseases. Yeah, that's about right. Yay! Uh, for, for reference, uh, Chinook jargon is uh, it's an indigenous language. It actually isn't it's, anything It's not a slur. Else. <laughs> it's not. It sounds like it. It does. It's not. Speaking of uh, bad euphemisms in the undersea also, the first thing... Beaver Wars. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, have we seen anything else that we're not going there? I don't know. We'll There's so out. many things. I do like under the maritime fur trade, it's showing a map of the Pacific Northwest. And, you know, the area that we view is Alaska. It had never occurred to me to wonder what it was called before. And apparently it was called Russian America. Uh, What? Wait, we bought it from Russia? I thought we bought it from Canada. No. Oh, we bought it from Russia. We bought Alaska from uh, Russia. What the fuck? How'd you not know that? I just figured the border with Canada ended there. No. I, I My assumption was that Canada just didn't want to deal with Russia. 
And therefore they were like, yeah, we'll let America buy that. No, that was Russia's. Russia right. colonized it, you know, from the Kamchatka region. And then it makes sense. They were right there. Right fucking they there. Could, they could they could see it from my back door. Oh my god, uh, shut the fuck up. I tried to forget about that. <sighs> Man, remember when politics used to be fun? No. <laughs> In that map it actually shows um like you can kind of see some uh you know, some remnants of Russia here, like under the uh, Yakutat Bay, there's Slavorosia. Okay. So, that like, sense. There, there are, I guess there are some Russian remnants left there. I mean, are they still there? I don't know. Well, this map says it goes to 1840, so I assume. Oh, well, maybe afterwards. it's gone. Things may have been renamed, yeah. Yeah. The Maritime Fur Trade brought the Pacific Northwest Coast into a vast new international trade network centered on the North Pacific Ocean, global in scope, and based on capitalism, but not, for the most part, on colonialism. There was a rapid increase of wealth among the Northwest Coast natives, along with increased warfare, potlatching, slaving, depopulation due to epidemic disease, and enhanced importance of totems and traditional nobility crests. (laughs) What was the second one? Traditional nobility crests. No, 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 no. Potlatching? Potlatching? Oh, yeah, that... I don't know what the fuck that is. A gift-giving feast. That's not as interesting as I thought it would be. When it starts talking about, like, the indigenous peoples, as that list goes on, I become less and less comfortable trying to say any of them. So, this includes Heiltsuk, Haida, Nuksalk, Tlingit, Maka, Simshan, Nucha, Nult. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kwa, 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 Oh, fucking hell. Kwa, I'm, I'm having a fucking seizure over here, guys. Send help. By the way, we've all horribly pronounced these, but, like. I think we got some of them close enough. Other yeah. ones, no. We did not. Oh. Most profitable furs were those of sea otters, especially northern sea otters, sure. which inhabited the coastal waters, Columbia River, to south of uh, Cook Inlet in the north. Uh, and it was so highly prized and profitable that uh, after the northern sea otter was hunted to local extinction, uh, maritime fur traders just went to California instead. So they're like, uh, we're out like, of fucking otters. Ah, fuck, we killed all of them. Well, let's go kill them somewhere else. Let's go get them. Here's an interesting bit, which makes sense as soon as I say it, but didn't really think of it this way. But the wealth generated by the maritime fur trade was then invested into industrial development, especially textiles, which the New England textile then in in turn had a large effect on slavery in the southern United States, especially, for the demand for cotton to help make this possible. So in reality, otters caused slavery. It's the otters are to blame, not humans. <laughs> it's it's the it's the fault of the beaver, and we've taken it upon it to, to kill as many as we could. Exactly, we were trying to improve things by killing those goddamn otters and beavers, and that's what started the beaver wars. <laughs> Fuck. I mean, California fur rush is also the name of the band. <laughs> But also a good lake. 
All right, yeah, and there's a whole bunch of stuff under C also that is – a bunch of other stuff under C also that's good. Uh, I like science and technology in Canada. That seems a little out of place. Sally Ains. Harold Innes and the Canadian Fur Trade. Fur Brigade. What about Pierre Gautel de Vanissier de la Verande? de Verande? Yeah, that. Yeah, that guy. I don't fucking – I didn't see his name anywhere in the article. I don't know what he's doing here. So, overall, we have a lot of links, a lot of good links we can pick from here. Well, we have a lot of links. We don't know which of them are going to be good until we click on them. Well, I mean, there's a lot of them that I would want to click on. Yeah, we're not clicking on uh, slavery in the United States. We're not clicking Ooh. on the Deep South. Just <laughs> oh, not. <God. laughs> if, we're, if we're looking also to avoid conflicting topics, the Beaver Wars, I uh, just did a scroll over. Might not be a good idea. Okay. Uh, Indian Intercourse Act is also probably not good. Let's let's just say uh, the the Beaver Wars has a different name. Uh, it's known as the Iroquois War. Oh, specifically the French and Iroquois War. That's right, because they got killed a lot of times. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Well, what does that have to do with beavers? We were killing them for the beavers. <laughs> we wanted yeah, them. That was the point. We took over America from the Native Americans. So we could sell beavers, and we got so rich that we needed slaves, so we had to get those from a different place. Brilliant. That's what white people did in history. That's just good old American ingenuity. Kill everything and enslave what you can't kill. Yikes. Anyway. Let's go to something fun. The history of Siberia. I mean, like, I've always kind of wondered about Siberia and, like, what the fuck is going on up there. All right, we don't need to do history of Siberia, but somewhere up near the top, there's probably just Siberia. That'll probably be, I mean, they might link to the same thing, but I think just clicking on Siberia might be better. Yeah, up in Russian fur trade. Yep. We don't want to learn about wars and murder, so we're going to click on Siberia. Which is uh, closely related to wars and murder, but, you know. They don't have a wars and murder under the, like, the contents, table contents. So that's a good sign. Siberia accounts for 77% of of Russia's land area, but is home to approximately 27% of the country's population. This is the equivalent to an average population density of three inhabitants per square kilometer, making Siberia one of the most sparsely populated regions on Earth. But... If it were a country just by itself, still the largest in the world. God, in land area. But in population, it would be the world's well, 35th largest. Of course, of course. I'm still, I'm still shocked that it even has 27% of the population. Yeah, that's actually surprising. I mean, when you look at it, you can be like, ah, there's some bits that are kind of selfish. I guess, but like, there's just nothing there. I mean, Mongolia isn't, like, as frozen wastelandy, but it's also just as empty. Worldwide, Siberia is well-known primarily for its long, harsh winters, with a January average of negative 25 degrees Celsius. Ooh! Celsius? As as well as this <laughs> extensive history of use by Russian and Soviet governments as a place for prisons, labor camps, and internal exile. Hell yeah! <laughs> But not war. So to give you guys a comparison, because I decided to look it up because I was curious. 
the population area of Siberia is about 5.1 square million square miles. The populate the land area of the United States is 3.8 million square miles. The population of Siberia is about 36 million people. The population of California is 39 and a half million people. So if you took <laughs> most of the people from California and spread them out through the whole US, that is still a higher population density than Siberia. Thanks, math. Hell yeah, I love math. Yeah. I fucking love uh, math, my dude. Well, if we're not going to talk about the history, we should talk about the prehistory, because apparently the region has paleontological... Pa- paleo... You'll get there. <laughs> Take your time. Pa- I know paleontology, but paleontological. There we paleontological. go. Paleontological. It's, it's that... Double O in there, uh, as it contains a lot of bodies of prehistoric animals from, uh, you know, Plus, before even dinosaurs and such. You're not even trying to say that phrase, are you? <laughs> oh, Pleistocene? The Pleistocene epoch? Yeah, Pleistocene epoch. You just did an uh and then skipped it in the sentence, so that's why I, I, I It was not intentional. It was me shortening so I don't read the entirety of the Wikipedia description because let's not do that. Yes, I agree. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you if you want to know about like mammoths, woolly mammoths, basically anything that happened sort of around the time of the human era, but... You know, not like dinosaurs. It's actually quite interesting. Holy crap. Um, okay, there is a mammoth, there's the woolly mammoth, and then there's a woolly rhinoceros. Yep. What? I've never heard of the woolly rhinoceros. Really? No. I've never heard of it uh, either. Oh, uh, no. They had a, a skeleton, I think, in like one of the museums I went to as a kid. Holy shit. Wow. That sounds it hardcore. Was like, he, it was like, here's the rhino, here's the woolly rhino. And it was like, oh. Hello. It's a big boy. Yeah, they they are they are quite a bit bigger. The Siberian traps were formed by one of the largest known volcanic events of the last 500 million years of Earth's geological history. Their activity continued for a million years, and some scientists consider it the possible cause of the great dying. <laughs> Could you imagine volcanoes just going, "Yeah, we're going to go off for like the next uh million years. Fuck all you." Million years. Give or take. I suppose it could have been like 850,000 years. Very considerate of them to turn it off early. I mean, here's the thing. If they had, think about where civilization would be today. They should have just kept going. I'm just saying. Should have just kept cranking out that lava. We would be in a different place if we had another 250 million or 250,000 years to go with. Yeah, it'd be better. It'd be different. It would be different. So, apparently there were at least three species of humans that lived in southern Siberia. The Homo sapien, the Homo neanderthaling, oh, fucking hell. The Neanderthals. Neanderthalinus. And the uh, Denisovans. Denisovans? Yeah, I think it's Denisovans. God damn it, dude. I'm really blowing it today. I, I don't know. I'm just guessing. Yeah, yeah. Denny Sovens is a is a recent sort of discovery. It's sort of like a weird offshoot. Not Neanderthal, but it's like a different offshoot. They found mostly in like uh, Asia and such. Well, it looks like based on what this history section is saying, it was a lot of nomads that lived in the region. And that makes sense given how brutal the weather was. Like nobody wants to fucking spend winter in Siberia if they can avoid it. Yeah, and I mean, like, a million years of volcanoes. You think after the first year you're going to move out. <laughs> yeah, like, you think you have bad neighbors. 
Imagine a fucking volcano. It's like, hey, man, could you turn it down? I have to work in the morning. Well, I got Mount Kilauea over here. It just won't shut up. Dude, this section is littered with citation needed. Need quotation to verify which citation needed. (laughs) Yeah. So it sounds like somebody just copied this out of a history book or something. We need more Siberian scientists. Yeah. It looks like it's mainly like two paragraphs that are filled with the requests for uh, citations here. Because they're, they're, they even it's even current stuff like how many people died in World War Two. Oh, yeah, the fact that we don't have a good number on that—that's something I know. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, after it says citation needed, two sentences later, the size, scope, and scale of the Gulag slave labor camps remain subjects of much research and debate. So whoever wrote that sentence doesn't even know for sure, and they fully admit they don't know for sure. Yeah. Stalin sucked, y'all. Yeah, fuck that guy. What a bitch. <laughs> big bitch, you know what I mean? Fuck. Also, uh, just a real brief uh, return to geography. Uh, it, it is very large, obviously, but it takes up 9% of the entire Earth's land surface. What? Yeah, that uh, makes sense. So 9% of the worst to- Earth's total land surface... And it's taken up, what was it, what did we say, 36 million people? Yeah. So, uh, half a percent of the population? Hey, Hong Kong, you need room? Have you never, there, there's an interesting map that went out, and uh, maybe I can, we can add to the show notes, but it actually shows, like, the land mass by, like, latitude just flattened. And, like, Siberia takes up just, like, a giant chunk on the top of the section of the world. But it's just, like, there's just nothing there. Yeah. It's just Siberia. Just hanging out. At these low elevations, uh, much of Siberia is covered with a large forest, except in the extreme north where Tundra dominates. And soils are mainly turbals, a type of jelly soul. A, a what? Yeah, yeah, that's, it's it's a, it's a thing I don't know. What? I I don't even know what that sentence means. Yeah, soils are mainly terrible as a type of jelly soul. Come on. Oh my, I have never seen this citation note before. In the south of the plain, where permafrost is largely absent, rich grasslands that are extension of the Kazakh steppe formed the original vegetation, most of which is no longer visible. And the citation note is, why? (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. You gonna expand on that, buddy? No, I'm gonna go on that citation note. The the, the citation request is from April 2015. Why? But why? Oh, I found your sentence of the soils are mainly turbals. Yeah. Soils are mainly terrible. It's a type of jelly soul. Meanwhile, I'm writing for a BBC's Doctor Who, because that's a sentence. <laughs> Giving way to spodosols, where the active layer becomes thicker and the ice content lower. I fucking hate you. Climate of Russia. It's bad. <laughs> it sucks. It's stupid. I hate it. Chernozom soils. Man, I don't know shit about dirt. <laughs> That's the new uh, podcast title. I don't know shit about dirt. Because <laughs> I'm reading this geography and it's just like just saying all these words next to like soil. And I'm just like, sure. Okay. 
Don't you love when you find that topic where you're like, I can't even pretend that I have a baseline understanding of what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like you can look at a bunch of dogs and you know, oh, I know it's that breed, I know it's that breed, I know it's that breed. You look at a cat and just like, the orange one. Somebody talks about cars, you're like, yeah, I kind of get cars. I'm not good with them, but I kind of understand. Somebody starts talking about like specific types of dirt and you're like, uh, I, I like dirt. <laughs> Uh, speaking of fauna, considering we came here from the fur trade, there's not a lot of diversity here in this fauna list. I wonder why. It's mostly a deer, a leopard, a tiger, a bear, a different bear, a different bear, and a wapit. Ooh, I'm looking at the temperature area. It's not good. Annual average temperature is around 23 degrees Fahrenheit. Annual average. Yeah. I mean... That's average. What's the high? Uh, I will get there. Verkodyansk and Oymanyak. Oymakon. Oymakon. Take your time. I'm trying. Are in competition for the title of the Northern Hemisphere's Pole of Cold. Oymakon <laughs> is a village which recorded a temperature of minus 90 degrees Fahrenheit. Hell yeah. Jesus. What? On February 6th, 1933. Do people live there? Verkoyansk, a town further north and further inland. If it's a town, it means people live there. Recorded a temperature of minus 93.6 for three consecutive nights. Oh, my God. So it was just like, not only was it the coldest, but it stayed the coldest. Each town also frequently reaches 86 degrees in the summer. Oh, that's pretty balmy. That's fine. That's that's nice. You get a good summer. It has the world's greatest temperature variation between summer highs and lows with an almost 180 degree Fahrenheit difference. Fuck right. me. My balls cannot take that. <laughs> you know what the unfortunate thing is? It, that doesn't mean that it's always cold. Because if it like never got above like 40 degrees Fahrenheit, you'd be like, all right, well, you live there, you're an idiot, you're stupid, whatever. But the fact that it gets that cold and it can still be like 86 in the summer means that we can't complain Yeah. at all. Every time the news has a polar vortex, fuck off. It ain't Russia. Negative 89. That's just... That's fucked up, man. Numbers. The basin of the Yana River has the lowest consistent temperatures of all, with permafrost reaching almost 5,000 feet. 5,000. That's a part of western Siberia that has ice almost a mile thick year-round. Man, is Siberia even that big? It is. I checked the landmass versus the ice mass, but still. As far as imperial Russian plans of settlement were, the concern, were concerned... Cold was never viewed as viewed as an impediment. You, should, uh, you go live in Siberia. It's really fucking cold. What did I say? Cold? Fuck that. This is Russia. You little American baby? Go live in Siberia. No. I mean, you have two choices. You either live in Siberia or you die in Siberia. <laughs> you can do both. Apparently, we didn't really hear, there's not a lot of good data about those who died in Siberia, so we only know about the living ones. We just know that people stop leaving. Yeah. Precipitation in Siberia is generally low, exceeding 20 inches only in Kamchatka, where moist winds flow from the Sea of Okotsk into high mountains, producing the region's only glaciers. I guess that makes sense. It's basically just like a giant desert. Yeah. 
Researchers warn that Western Siberia has begun to thaw as a result of global warming. The frozen peat bogs in this region may hold billions of tons of methane. Yay! Okay. Um, here's an interesting one. If you get down to economy, Russia contains about forty percent in Siberia of the world's known resources of nickel. Yep, that's nearly half. There's something else. There's there's two things that are needed in fertilizer, and I can't remember what they are. Like two main. Well, is it is it is it gold? No, lead, coal. It's not modlidin, gypsum, diamonds, diopside, silver, zinc. Sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> No, it's like either phosphorus or something else. And I remember that Russia contains about like 50 to 60 percent of our known resources of it. And it's it's like a basic ass element. We can't synthesize it. We have no other way to gather it other than places it exists. But yeah, that, that makes sense that uh, all this cool shit is in the middle of Siberia where nobody wants to fucking go get it. And uh, Siberia uh, produces over 10% of the world's annual fish catch. Yeah, they got that whole sea above them, I guess. The Sea of Okhotsk. Yeah, they got a shitload of water and nothing else to fucking do. Yeah, there's no one there. While development of renewable energy in Russia is held back by the lack of a conducive government policy framework, no. Siberia still offers special opportunities for off-grid renewable energy developments. Remote parts of Siberia are too costly to connect to central electricity and gas grids and have therefore historically been supplied with diesel, sometimes flown in by helicopter. <laughs> in such cases, renewable energy is often cheaper. No shit! Yeah, I would hope so. Like, just fucking huh. ship them a couple batteries and then, like, two solar panels and be like, yes, it's dark most of the time. The battery will help. I'm not, I've never been someone, by the way, who knows what sports is. But I've never heard of the word bandy. Uh no, bandy is like a um like a precursor to hockey from really? the Russian perspective. Yeah. Okay, cuz it's the third most popular sport. Yeah, it's it's like a much more simplified hockey, which is why Russia took to hockey so well once they learned it from Canada cuz it kind of had a thing already like it. Okay. It it would be like if Australia had never heard of American football, and we just showed it to him, and they'd be they'd be like, "Oh yeah, like rugby. oh okay, okay, it's kind of like this." Yeah, all right, we we can adapt. We can take some of the stuff we know. Ah, uh, you want this rule? That's a pain in the ass, but whatever. So many cities in northern Siberia, such as oh god damn it, I didn't want to pick this, uh, Petropavlovsk, Kamchatsky. Wow. Good words. Cannot be reached by road, as there are virtually none connecting from other major cities in Russia and Asia. Yeah, they basically have helicopters, and that's it. Helicopters and trains. Yeah, the, yep, yeah. the best way to tour Siberia is through the Trans-Siberian Railroad. Yep. Yeah, the Trans-Siberian Railway operates from Moscow in the west to Vladivostok in the east. Cities that are located far from the railway are best reached by air. <laughs> Quiz Culture. Cuisine. We got fish. Yeah, so culture. Two sentences. Culture. Two sentences. It has, it has cuisine. Yeah, culture. Let's see what we got. We got raw fish. All right, cool. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's all. Listen, at least it's not fucking Hakarl. No, 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 no. This is a raw fish dish made from frozen fish. That's a different thing. 
<laughs> well, yeah, they just want that noted. This ain't your sushi. It ain't a maki roll. Yeah, it's, it's, it's still frozen. It's crunchy sushi. <laughs> I just like how, like, oh, this is one sentence. Well, that's pathetic. Let's put a second sentence in there. Uh, it is a popular dish with native Siberians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Well, I, I, I feel like they did the first sentence and they're like, whew, that's <laughs> not, not good. Not <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's, yo, yeah, dude, it's just like a, it's a raw frozen fish and then your friends all look at you like you're fucking stupid. Well, well, like the, the, the native Siberians like it. Like you, you, you should give it a try. It, it's it's good, I promise. Come on, man. Just 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 you, try it, dude. Just try it. You know what? We should give a try. We should have one of you, not me, uh, pronounce the list of gods that they have here. Oh, I started. God I started it. to look at it. <laughs> All right, religion. Uh, so we'll start off the religion section. There's a variety of beliefs around Siberia, including Orthodox Christianity, other denominations of Christianity, Tibetan Buddhism, and Islam. The Siberian Federal District alone has an estimation of a quarter million Muslims. An estimated 70,000 Jews live in Siberia, of some in the Jewish Autonomous Region. The predominant religious group is Russian Orthodox Church. Tradition regards Siberia the archetypal home of shamanism, and polytheism is popular. The vast territory of Siberia has many different local traditions of gods. These include Akana, Anapel, Bugari Musun, Karakan, Kalteshanki, Kinije, Kuktel. No, that's wrong. Somebody else. Somebody else tap in. <laughs> it's Kalteshank. You don't do the e. Kinije, Kudurik, Naga, Yutent, Nibutunen, Nibutunen, Pon Pugu, Tadote, Tokoyota, Taman, Xai Kata. I don't think that's how that second to last one's pronounced. I don't think it's Xai. It's probably like Sha or something like that. Actually, yeah, probably Sha Sha. Like or Sha 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 Shia is, up, is the Yaku God of Mountains and the name of my new D&D thing I'm stealing. <laughs> They'll never know. Like, a lot of these are just one sentence, yeah. I mean, they're, they're local gods. Oh my god, I love Tokoyoto, or Crab, was the Chukchi <laughs> God of the Sea. It's Crab Man. Yeah, he's... It's Crab Time. There's a Zodiac... There's a lot of things with crabs, and there's Cancer, Zodiac... There, crabs. Honestly, what you can do, John, is you can just create like your whole like D and D zodiac using all these rare ass Siberian gods, and no one that's, will fucking know. That's what I'm saying. No one's gonna know. Just be like, ah, oh, his name is uh, Zaya Isite. Change the spelling a, just a, slightly. No, no, no. Don't even. I don't even need you. Just pronounce it wrong. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. I do, like I would anyway. Pronounce it wrong and let them figure out how to write it. And no, and here's the best part. Because it's D&D, I'll tell them the name. They won't remember it correctly. And they'll pronounce it even more wrong. They'll be like, oh, yeah. Can we go to the temple for uh, Zaya Chata? Uh, Zitty Chitty? Yeah, uh, what's, uh, uh, can I get a, uh, hey, what's going on with Horchata? 
Can I be a cleric of the Zicky Ticky? Uh, I'm a, listen, I'm a Pugu monk. Uh, I don't deal with those pong. Actually, no. I'm, I'm a Numi, I'm a, I'm a Numi Torem nunk, not a Numi Turem nunk. Yeah, uh. Please. Like, come on. Like, really, are, do we have to go fight all the guys who worship the Tokyo Yodokyo or Tokyo Kyoto, whatever that is? Oh god, I hope gods aren't all real, cause otherwise we're fucked. <laughs> if even one of these gods is real, they'll be like, Oh, we're so screwed, we just show up, and it's just like, Hello, my name is Zonget, and we're like, fuck! Oh, damn it. <laughs> but then Zonget goes, I hate that bitch Zicky Chicky. <laughs> <laughs> You're alright, come on in, we have vodka. Fucking Pugu. <laughs> We're not going to get a lot of mileage past that for local gods, so sorry, we're not going to those pages. No, we are not. I think we've got enough time for one more short article. But what? Alright, Zongit. Zongit is a Monty na- uh, nature goddess. Alright, uh, uh, no, have a good, have a good night, guys. Asshole. <laughs> we should probably get out of Russia. It, you know what? It, Anybody who's living in Siberia thinks that every fucking day. Where can we go from here? We could always go to World War Two. No. Oh God, that's that is not a quick article. That is not a quick article. Uh, we can learn about some of these special dirts. I fucking love dirt. Hell yeah, dirt. <laughs> Clearly, I don't know anything about it. Yeah, so I guess we could. Uh, do we want to do the could... Podzolic soils? Where were the other soils? Could go to labor camps. No, <laughs> we cannot. <laughs> Why not? There's a lot of reasons. Come on, labor camps. Uh, we can learn about peat bogs. We can learn about permafrost. Ooh, ooh I got Jurassic. What the fuck is Jurassic on this page? Um, the Siberian platform bounded on the northeast and, and uh, by the late uh, carbon and frontiers through Jurassic uh, Robinson full belt. The Jurassic period is going to be a long ass article too. Okay, okay, but how about how about the woolly rhinoceros? Okay, yes, woolly rhinoceros. Yes. Oh uh, yeah, can we get there? Because I didn't know shit about this bitch. Actually, a fairly sizable article. I I was trying to search for it on the page, and I am drunk enough that I could not spell woolly on the first or second try. Wally, Willy, Wooly. <laughs> it had four O's. So the Wooly rhinoceros uh, is an extinct species of rhinoceros. Son yeah. of a bitch! Oh, what happened? Yeah. Oh, they're all, I mean, they're all fucking dead. Guys, even modern rhinoceros is, is, have gone extinct. Rhinoceros, what? Rhinoceros eye? Rhinoceros. Rhino- no, it is rhinoceroses. Uh, you, you can see it here below in the article. Rhinoceses. No. Um, <laughs> no, you're wrong. <laughs> no, uh, you idiot. Pro- I mean, probably. Just because I'm saying something doesn't mean that it's right or even that I think it's right. But, like, the white rhino is pretty much extinct at this point, so. Uh. It ha- it, it's happening. Yeah, it is. Anyway, it was a rhinoceros that was common throughout Europe and Northern Asia during the Pleistocene epoch and survived until the end of the last glacial period. Operative word was. Wow. The, the woolly rhinoceros is similar in appearance to the modern rhinos with some differences in physique and body structure. Okay. 
uh, it is covered in thick, long hair, which allowed it to survive the cold tundra. It had a massive hump. You know what I mean? You know what they say about rhinos with big humps? They're dead. (laughs) (laughs) A large number of bone remains the woolly rhinoceros are known, along with mummified carcasses preserved in the permafrost. Hell yeah. So that, like, I've always thought about how carcasses get preserved in the permafrost, and that has to mean that it was... So fucking cold when they died. Negative 89 degrees Fahrenheit. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. But just like, that means that they were deliberately out there in that fucking cold during it. Like, that means that the rhino didn't go to like negative 30 Fahrenheit and go, fuck me, it's cold, I gotta go south. That means at minus 30, the rhino was like, yeah, this kind of sucks, but whatever. Listen, a bird died on my back porch like a week ago. And it's like 40 degrees and a week. And I was like, I gave up asking Lillard to move it. And I got rid of it myself. And it didn't have like a whole bunch of maggots because it was too goddamn cold. And that's 30 degrees to 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Negative 89. <laughs> yeah. Negative 89. Nothing's fucking touching it. No, no, there's no bugs. There's nothing to touch it. There's no maggots. There's nothing. It's just, just the thing and just ice. Yeah. So the uh, Willy Rhinoceros horn actually has an entire section. Oh yeah, baby, let's talk about that horn. Yes. Yeah, let's talk about that horn. The front horn. horn. Oh, hold on. The the Willy Rhinoceros head had two horns. You know what they say about rhinoceroses with with two horns? Are Are you okay? (laughs) The second horn. The second horn was significantly shorter. No more than half a meter, but, you know. That's still a decently Tiny. sized horn. Yeah, dude. It's the how, front horn. But it's how you use your second horn. The front horn reached a meter or more. Up to one and a half, and it weighed 15 kilograms. Holy fuck. That's like 34, 35 pounds? That's heavy. The front horn was directed forward to a much greater extent than that of modern rhinos. Okay? That's specific detail. Well, I mean, here's the thing. They had to fight bears. Yeah. In Siberia. Yeah. Siberian bears. I ain't fucking with that. I'm not fucking with anything in Siberia. I'm not fucking with Siberia as a concept. They have a the only completely preserved specimen they found, obviously, in a tar pit in Ukraine. And again, like, the tar pits is another thing. Like, did they not realize those fucking things were dangerous? What were they doing? I mean, you get some fresh snow on the tar pit. You don't see that it's like it's going to be a tar pit. You step through it. It's, it's like what quicksand was always warned to be, but not actually is. Actually, it might have worked like that. Who knows? I don't know how tar pits work. Me either. That's a, an article for another day. I know how quicksand works. Like, you don't actually die from quicksand. It just sort of buries you, and then you can't really get out, and then you just die of dehydration. But The rhinoceros was apparently absent in Japan. What an... What a, Confidence-inspiring sentence from Wikipedia. It was apparently not there. (laughs) And in Ireland, since its bones were not found there. Well, I mean, there were a lot of, like, um, ice walkways and other land sort of paths that existed before, you know, sea levels and other stuff. So it's actually significant. Yeah, but just like that phrasing. 
the phrasing is no, like rhino. A rhino didn't walk over to Japan. Yeah, like the the phrasing is like scientists were like, I don't, I don't fucking know why they weren't here. They should have been, maybe. It was possible, but they didn't. The lack of woolly rhinoceros remains in North America suggests that none were found there. So huh. they're stringing us along here. There's multiple places the woolly rhinoceros was not at, but they're like, it was conspicuously absent in Japan and Ireland. Alright, let's let's get a list. Where where is the woolly rhinoceros go? Where did it not go? Which one's actually shorter? Because I don't think it existed in South America. I've not heard of that. It's a mystery. It seriously says, it represents a certain mystery to science. Fuck you. No, it doesn't. Listen, if if there's a rhino in Africa, it ain't woolly. There's no hair. They're shaven, just like Brazilians. (laughs) That's why they call it a Brazilian wax. You don't want hair. Well, uh, lads, I, I know we started... With a bit of a blue topic with the whole muff and beavers. But do you want to know about the woolly rhinoceros' reproduction? Hell yes. Tell me how the rhino fucks. Unfortunately, <laughs> I hate to tell you this, little is known no! about the reproduction of the woolly rhinoceros. <laughs> but it does have two teats. Yes. You know what they say uh, about rhinos with two teats. Also dead. <laughs> Uh, I will say that pregnancy for a rhino lasted a year and a half, and then the calf stayed with the mother for up to two years. So that that's not that's not like a nine months thing. Which, if we think about it, a lot of creatures, even nine months is actually quite long for a lot of creatures. Yeah. So to have it be, um, what what is it, eighteen? That's that's a long fucking time to have a baby. Yeah. Imagine you're pregnant and you're about to have birth. No, you're not. You're halfway there. Fuck. (laughs) Well, you're not living out of prayer because you're extinct now. Yeah, you're not thinking about that at all. You're not living, period. Early life stages of the woolly rhinoceros are poorly studied due to the absence of preserved bodies of nursing calves. Yep, great. Thanks. We don't know shit about them as children because uh, they're dead. I just want to say we're digging a lot at woolly rhinoceroses. But if we go to heaven and there's just woolly rhinoceroses as a god, we're still fucked. And Zengat. Zengat's like, my friend here would like to talk to you. He's woolly rhinoceros. Come out. They made fun of you on shitty podcast. <laughs> we said, why you have baby for so long? Give them second horn. To gore you better with. <laughs> you are, they are not good enough for good horn. Give them shitty horn. God, like, I keep reading this and, like... Every single section here is like, little is known. There is not much to look for. There's little evidence. And it's just like, can you just like shut up? This whole, this whole article is them saying like, dude, we found like four skeletons and one tarred mammoth or rhino. This is all we know. I'm sorry. (laughs) We're trying. Here's lifestyle. Whether the woolly rhinoceros was a social animal is not known. It can only be guessed by comparison with modern rhinos. So delete this whole paragraph! (laughs) (laughs) I mean, no, they need to say that. It's it's the Jurassic Park scene. Like, they walk in herds. They do walk in herds. It's, It's that level of not fucking knowing. 
They have to. It's significant. Some skulls of woolly rhinos show injuries that indicate battles with other rhinos. Okay, cool. Like, we probably could have assumed that. I mean, most most rhinos do that. Broken and re-deformed lower jaws as well as broken and partly healed ribs, which may also indicate fighting. I guess? No, they just break on their own. Yeah, they're just brittle, man. Glass jaw rhino. Apparently these injuries uh, were actually attributed to climate change. Not that climate change, but, well, that climate change. The other climate change. The one during the last glacial period, where it faced increasing stress from competition of other medium and large herbivores. Yeah. So basically those giant deer and tigers and other such fucked them up. Yeah, that's when all the, like, megafauna fucking died off. Yeah. Fun fact, the avocado is a holdover from that period because that would be like a berry to these fucking animals. Ugh. Yeah, like, that's a grape! Like, size comparison. They just eat those fucking things whole. Spit out the seeds. Just spit out the seed. Fuck it, who cares? And we're like, yeah, that's a whole meal. Thanks. Give me some toast. Give me some toast and one goddamn egg. I wish I liked avocado more. Try using it for as a cooking fat replacement instead of butter. Or don't. That's fine, too. Or don't. That's also <laughs> fine. I'm just giving you ideas, man. Fuck it. You don't got to do what I say. I'm not your dad. Pretty sure my dad would never have me use an avocado. I don't even know if he knows how to say it. <laughs> He's not that kind of person. Hey, hey guys, I know we were talking about the woolly rhinoceros. Uh, do you want to know about the relationship with humans? Oh, I'm ready for this depressing section. Oh, it's going to get bad. <laughs> Uh, the rhinoceros appears to not have been one of the most frequent hunting targets. <laughs> by Hold on. Like, it wasn't frequently we targeted. We did kill them <laughs> a bit. We didn't kill them all the not time. Not nearly as much as all the killing that all the people did earlier in this show, but we did kill some rhinos too. We killed some of them occasionally uh, when we, like, got bored. 11% of them. I love traces of a wound with a sharp object were found at the shoulder and thigh of a corpse found in 1907 in western Ukraine. And a preserved spear was found near the carcass. Read the next sentence. This rhino was not killed by hunters. It died having fallen into a hole filled with ozokerite, due to which it was preserved very fully. So, it didn't die from the humans, it died from being a clumsy, dumb idiot? It activated our trap card. The next sentence, meat and fat of the rhinoceros was eaten, and its horns and bones were used for a variety of crafts. So these motherfuckers in France found a corpse of a rhino in the early 1900s that was wounded and... Preserved by who the fuck knows what ozocarite is, probably some, like, rock. And they went, we will eat that. That seems good. Here's the thing about ozocarite, and I'm going to say this, and I want you to remember what another term is. It's known as earth wax. The fuck is, I, I've never fucking heard of this. It's It's kind of like a... It's a naturally occurring wax or paraffin. It's like earwax, but for the planet. Great. Fun. The planet has an infection. Gross. And there's woolly rhinoceros in them. Great. And they taste delicious. (sighs) 
I bet you that this mammoth was so fucking big, or this woolly rhinoceros was so fucking big, that... I think it was only, like, a little bit bigger than rhinos. The human threw the spear at it, and it was like, the fuck is that? Is that a mosquito? The fuck is biting me? The fuck? Why the fuck are you... Leave me alone. Ah, oh, god damn it, I fell into this wax. <laughs> uh, for reference, the woolly rhino um, was about 3 to 3.8 meters, so about 9 to 12 or sorry, about ten to 15, thirteen feet uh, wide. Wide? Uh, <laughs> or length? Sorry, length. I, was, I thought you were going to say tall, and I was like, "Fuck me, length, wide." Uh, tall. It was about six point six feet. So it's a, it's a little bit bigger than the white rhino was, but it's not like that much bigger than the white. Rhino. And also, it's hairy. Also, it's hairy. I'm just saying, it's it's not like a mammoth size. It's more like. Slightly bigger rhino size. Okay. That's seems reasonable, but I bet it was still tougher given the era it existed. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, fuck. Rhinos are basically tanks. Yeah. They don't give a shit about anything. Yeah. I got two horns and I know where to stick them. I'll show you where to stick two horns. Get them. I love that in the ancient art section, it's basically a single cave in France that has, like, from 31,000 years ago, oh, a couple drawings of them. Yeah, I've heard about this cave, actually. The uh, Chauvet Cave? Yeah. It, it was just like, it's just like extensively long cave. There's just like a bunch of like prehistoric drawings. And they actually had to stop having people like show up because just them being there and breathing on it was ruining it. That makes sense. Yeah, no, it, it's, I mean, you can only do so much, but. Yeah, damn. That's really it. Okay. Well, that's a good place to end on this uh, dead-ass rhino. So, we went ahead and started off with list of French forts in North America. And we came back to France. We got back to France. We got there. We got stuck in Russia for, like, way too long, but we got back to France. I think that's one of the few times in an episode where we've actually made kind of a reasonable round trip. Like, we've ended up somewhere that is at least tangentially related to where we started. There was a second, it was, like, one drawing from Font de Gama, and I was just like, holy shit, is that a fort? And no, it's not, it's it's not a, a fort, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, just in the 1600s, they were in the fort somewhere in Ontario and went, fuck it, let's throw a really I, rhinoceros I, on the cave wall, on the fort I wall. I thought it might have been a French fort in France. No, that makes... Not a French fort in, in North, North America, America. <laughs> like that list was. You colossal dumbass. Wow. It could have been a French fort. Do you Do you know all the forts in France? Is that where your knowledge of France goes to? Oh, I know all the forts in France. Bullshit. Anyway, thank you everyone for listening. Sorry that we got off on some dumb as shit tangents. Tangents. Wow. Tangents. Tangents. Wow. Nailed it, dude. I've been I've been trying to cut back on caffeine and alcohol, so I hadn't had any caffeine and any alcohol for like four days. It's a transitional tangent. So. Thank you for listening. I'm going the fuck to bed. Good night. Good night, everybody. Goodbye. Well,